This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Kara Hart. On Friday, the grain markets closed mixed, livestock markets closed mixed as well. U.S. Commodities Market Analyst Don Rose says it's definitely a holiday market. Had a risk on uh, trade as we hit the end of the week, but uh, overall, we didn't learn a lot. All we really learned this week is that we uh, kind of balanced back uh, the virus uh, selling that we had earlier in the week. Statistics Canada released their December crop production summary report on Friday. StatsCan lowered the all-wheat production slightly from the September report to 21.6 million metric tons. DTN Canada analyst Cliff Jamison says that's in line with pre-report trade estimates. That is down ever so slightly from the previous uh, model-based report, that's down only 62,800 tons. So that was revised ever so slightly lower. When you round it off, it's, it's exactly the same as what we've been uh, looking at going into this report. The, uh, that is down 38.5% from last year, down 33.5% from the five-year average, and uh, that is the smallest Canadian all-wheat crop since 2007. Canada's canola crop was lowered slightly to 12.6 million metric tons. The StatsCan report does not offer many changes in the overall wheat story. Here's Bolt Marketing Market Analyst Dwayne Bossy. Uh, a little bit more spring wheat than we were anticipating. The trade thought we were going to lose a little bit more spring wheat crop, and they actually increased it by 4.5% over last month, so a little bit of a surprise there. And that's why in the short term you're seeing a little bit of downward pressure on Minneapolis wheat here. But overall, Canada, a much smaller crop year over year, right? And bigger picture moving forward is things like how wet is it going to get for Australia as they harvest a, a record crop? And that's both a bull and bear story. You know, the bear side of things is that it's, it is going to be a record crop. The bear side of things is quality might be fairly poor as it continues to rain there. So it might be more, uh, a decent percentage that's going to be feed wheat. Russia, Ukraine, you know, are, are they really going to war here in a month or so? Corn, wheat, and soybeans will all need to compete for acres before next spring. Van On and Company market analyst Christy Van On says none of the commodities have done a good job of buying acres yet. When you look at um, influences into planting, uh, there's a lot of moving parts, and we're going to be thinking about that really quickly as soon as the calendar turns, and that's going to keep the market kind of saying, hey, we need to bid for acres, and right now, to be honest, no 22 beans not doing a very job, very good job at trying to get those acres. So I think quickly we'll get through the January report and focus really on that new crop to try and entice some acres to be planted. One of the keys for soybeans is the South American crop. Brazil got off to a very rapid, great um, planting pace, great conditions, but we know how fast the crop can can deteriorate in Brazil um, with just how hot it can get there. So that's going to be watched closely as well. As part of a marketing panel at the Northern Ag Expo this week, Iowa State University marketing specialist Chad Hart says profitability next year is all about margin protection. What we need to be aware of is right now is that we're sitting with actually very strong prices, even with the market fluctuating a bit here. But we're also staring at m major increases in, in input costs. And so right now is a great time to protect margins. So if I'm having to buy some higher cost inputs, I want to be selling some higher price crops, and that's what the market is offering us right now. So we're all about margin protection here, 
given where prices are at right now. Martinson Ag Risk Management Market Analyst Randy Martinson does not expect prices to fall off much going into spring. I think the end users are going to be you know, forced to have to come to the table and try to get some of the corn supplies out of the bin. I think that's where the biggest basis you know, appreciation could come into play. Soybeans we're not seeing as good a demand as we'd like to see, so I don't expect the basis to improve much there. That will have to be some sort of a weather issue to push the market. And with wheat, we just need to get some demand someplace there. But I think the fact that we need to buy acres will keep that market strong going into the year. That's a look at markets. This Week in Agriculture, I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. Production and marketing insight for small grain and soybean producers. That's the focus for the Prairie Grains Conference December 8th and 9th at the Alaris Center in Grand Forks. Wednesday's schedule includes the annual on-farm research summit and the barley program. Thursday's sessions include a weather outlook with Daryl Richeson and a marketing panel with industry-leading market analysts. The Prairie Grains Conference Wednesday, December 8th and Thursday, December 9th at the Alaris Center in Grand Forks. More details at MNWheat. Org. Serving farmers from Foston, Monoman, Ada, Crookston, and Thief River Falls to Jamestown, Langdon, Devils Lake, Castleton, Mayville, and Grafton. This is the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture is big business, and we cover it that way with markets, market analysis, crop progress reports, USDA reports, farm policy, and trade issues. If it affects your bottom line, you'll hear about it on the Red River Farm Network. Go online or on your smartphone to rrfn.com. You can click on news, podcasts, radio stations, and more. With a look at farm news this week in agriculture, I'm Randy Conan. Congress passed a continuing resolution Thursday evening, keeping the government funded through February 18th. After a vote on an amendment that would have blocked the Biden administration's vaccine mandates failed by two votes, the bill gained enough support from senators to win passage and prevent a partial government shutdown. Former House Ag Committee Chairman Colin Peterson is making steady progress on the Midwest Ag Coalition. Peterson says right now there are about 45 to 47 members, and he's hopeful of having 50 members by the end of the year. Peterson is keeping an eye on what that Senate does with the Build Back Better Act. I don't know how they get it done. I, I really don't. I've said that for a while. We'll see. You know, I'm glad they got the infrastructure bill done. Uh, I'm not sure we can afford this other bill, and I agree with Manchin. <laughs> yeah. If I were him, I'd be on his side. You know, so we'll see what happens. They keep claiming they're going to pass it, but I don't know. We'll see. American Crystal Sugar Company had a good year. Looking back at 2021, President Tom Astrup said there were many bright spots, including a better-than-expected crop at a yield of 28.7 ton per acre, sugar content at 18%. In 2019, as a co-op, you harvested 7.5 million tons and left nearly a third of the crop unharvested. In 2020, you harvested 10 million tons as a promising year turned disappointing late with dry conditions. In 2021, you harvested 11.8 million tons, the third largest co-op, third largest crop in the cooperative's history. One that looked at one time to be no better than the 2020 crop, but exploded with growth with late season moisture and heat. Over the last several years, we've made lots of investments in beet receiving and in beet storage, preparing us for larger crops, but shorter crops left them unseemingly unpaid for. American Crystal's final 2020 crop fiscal year 2021 shareholder payment at $68.58 a ton with total shareholder payments at $568.9 million. Estimated payments for the current 2021-22 fiscal year crop is at $60 per ton. 
Higher input costs could lower farm income potential for crop producers. MinStar Bank farm management analyst Kent Tesey said almost every input expense from crop production is expected to increase next year. That includes diesel fuel, propane, labor, custom work, repairs, and chemicals. There could also be a boost in land rental rates. Especially those areas that have better than expected crop yields with the strong prices. Uh, we're seeing, you know, at least 10% uh, or more increases in land rental rates. And certainly there's some rates uh, where they've been put out on the open market that are uh, bringing some pretty high rental rates. Income may be higher for farmers across the northern plains this year. University of Minnesota Extension Ag Business Management educator Rob Holcomb says the earlier farmers can tax plan, the better. There are ways to offset higher incomes, but that can be a double-edged sword. Once you start doing that, then it seems to be a case where you have to do that every single year in order to, to manage the tax bill. And the other thing that I'm cautioning people about on that strategy this year is we're hearing about all these supply issues all over all over the country and uh, somebody that waits till the last minute and and plans on buying a piece of machinery machinery you know machinery supply could be kind of tight uh by you know depending on your locale and that's a look at farm news this week in agriculture i'm randy conan through their investment in the Minnesota Corn Check, corn farmers are supporting university research to develop biodegradable corn plastics that would replace oil-based plastics. Using Minnesota-grown corn to create a better plastic delivers not only environmental benefits, but a huge potential new market for our state's corn crop, boosting demand and on-farm profitability. Want to learn more? See how your Minnesota Corn Checkoff investment is at work for you at mncorn.org. World Weather Incorporated Senior Meteorologist Drew Lerner is your trusted source for agricultural weather. From the Northern Plains, we will see a little pocket of additional cooling taking place in the northeast corner of North Dakota and northwestern Minnesota. To South America, it looks like Argentina will be dry for a few more days, and Brazil will see scattered showers and thunderstorms benefiting many crop areas. Drew Lerner, only on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. With a look at weather, this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor for the Red River Farm Network. Wheat market traders are concerned with growing dryness in the Southern Plains. World Weather Incorporated senior ag meteorologist Drew Lerner says dryness in the Southern Plains is a byproduct of a La Nina. Uh, having dryness in uh, parts of the High Plains region, really from uh, the Texas Panhandle through western Kansas and eastern Colorado into southwestern Nebraska is pretty classic for La Nina. And what tends to happen quite often is that we get La Nina to start weakening in late, late winter, early spring. And uh, timely rains come in uh, just just in time to uh, support a turnaround in the crop. Lerner says there are other factors contributing to dryness in the southern plains. Uh, but there are some other weather patterns that are prevailing right now that do suggest that there will still be an ongoing below average precipitation bias in the spring. So we do want to keep a close eye on this. Uh, we can't blame it all on La Nina, uh, but that dryness that occurs in the hard red winter wheat country could also have an impact on the western corn belt later in the year next year. Southern Brazil and southern Paraguay are expected to see limited rains within, through the next two weeks with one round of timely but light rain expected Sunday into Monday and then again December 11th through the 13th. Northern Brazil will see frequent rains and conditions will remain favorable for crop development. 
Central Brazil is expected to see a good mix of rain and sunshine. Other than significant rain in southern Argentina Thursday through Saturday, the rest of Argentina will remain on the dry side for the next two weeks. World Weather Incorporated says a timely round of rain is in the forecast beginning December 10th, but confidence for that event is low. USDA's Risk Management Agency is updating its crop insurance provisions, making permanent a provision to allow producers to hay, graze, or chop cover crops and to still receive full preventive planting payment. Among the changes, RMA is adding some flexibility to the 4-in-1 requirement. New flexibilities allowed to meet the 4-in-1 requirement include the annual regrowth for an insured perennial crop like alfalfa or red clover to be considered planted. It also allows a crop covered by the non-insured crop disaster assistance program to meet the insurability requirement. And if NAP is not available, allows farmers to prove that acreage was planted and harvested at least two consecutive years out of the four previous years to meet insurability requirements. After a drought, it is common to see higher residual nitrogen levels in the soil. Nutrient marketing representative Doug Sibbett says it is important to know what you have. You definitely might have some residual nitrogen left over. Definitely find out what you have. It's something you probably can't rely on the entire season to carry you through, but you might have a little bit out there. Zibit has been fielding questions about product availability. There are some empty fertilizer locations just due to trucking issues, uh, supply issues. Right now with ESN, we're doing a pretty good job of getting our warehouses full. I'm not as concerned about ESN, but some of our other products we're trying to make as quickly as we can and get it out to the field. Fall hasn't seemed to be a big issue in the I states. It seems like a lot of people have been able to get their product, but it's still been tight. Um, it's been hard to get pricing uh, from certain retailers just due to lack of a sale. They need the sale before they can really get a price. The National Sunflower Association has released the seed quality characteristics for the 2021 crop. In the Northern Plains, the oil content is at 44.4%. That's up from 43.5% one year ago. There was a 3.7% foreign material in this year's crop, down from 4.4% last year. Harvest is wrapping up nationwide. That's a look at weather. This Week in Agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor for the Red River Farm Network. North Dakota Farmers Union. Hey, it's happening, folks. The North Dakota Farmers Union Annual State Convention is December 10th and 11th at the Bismarck Event Center. There will be live and silent auctions, an ABBA tribute band, recognition of torchbearers, and anticipated remarks from Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack. One lucky participant will be a winner of a brand new Polaris Ranger. Plus, there's a youth convention and prizes for the kids. Register now at ndfu.org and let the fun begin. Before I started working as a soil scientist. Before I became a systems engineer. I found out science is cool. I did my first lab experiment. In 4-H. In 4-H. You never know when a spark will ignite the imagination. That's why 4-H is fostering one million new scientists and engineers for America's future workforce. With the help of companies and universities around the country. One million new scientists. One million new ideas. Learn more at 4-H.org. 